0: This is Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and author of Fall of the Boston Celtics. Thank you yet again for downloading the number one podcast on the web dedicated to the NBA's winningest franchise, Celtics Beat. CLNS Radio truly values your patronage. Because of your loyalty to making Celtics Beat the most downloaded weekly Celtics podcast online, we would love to offer a free copy of my critically acclaimed book available at clnsradio.com slash LHR book. That's clnsradio.com slash LHR book. Happy reading and enjoy today's broadcast. Today is Sunday, April tenth, two thousand sixteen. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio, and I am Larry A. Trussell. Today's show will feature Tass Mellis, host of the Starters on NBA TV. Can catch Tass every weeknight at seven p.m. Eastern Time, and right here, not right now. Hold on. Coming up, Tass will be here, I promise. I'm here on episode number 152 of Seller's Beat, which this week is being presented by SeatGeek and American Farmers Network.com. Okay, I usually keep people on the edge of their seats for this, but not this week. Let's take care of what needs to be taken care of right here, right now. Ticket giveaways, home playoff game one. We've got the what, but we do not know the who or the when, but it will be home game one. Winner will likely be announced on my at CLNS underscore LHR Twitter because, hey, it could be Saturday and we won't have episode number 153 up by then as Celtics Beat, as you know, is released first thing every Sundays, like today. So there's a good chance that the winner will be announced this week on my at CLNS underscore LHR. Here's how to enter for tickets to home game one. Subscribe, rate, and review Celtics Beat on iTunes. We've been there before, huh? So subscribe. Rate and review. Sell the speed on iTunes. Increase your odds. Steal someone else's phone or computer. Tell them what you're doing. Ends justify the means. But free entry to win those tickets. Pair of tickets. Do not forget the review, folks. That's how we identify your username. Winner announced when the matchups are set. Again, on at CLNS underscore LHR. If you want to give that a follow. But now our latest ticket winner Tomorrow, against the Charlotte Hornets, winner of that pair is kelly 82 That's at kelly 82 on Twitter. Me and you have already been in touch, and as I didn't want to give you 24 hours to put your plans together, but enjoy the game. That's a big one tomorrow. And while we are on the subject of tickets, we may as well go ahead and do what needs to be done, and that is endorse one of today's sponsors for the show, SeatGeek, who helps us with the show, Ticket Giveaways. And if you want to buy or sell, buy and sell even actually, sports and concert tickets, Celtics tickets, just two games left in the regular season before the playoffs, dawn upon us, use SeatGeek and download their mobile app. It is the best. SeatGeek, have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated. They all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That is why you need to try SeatGeek. They are the best ticketing app available in buying and selling sports and concert tickets because, unlike StubHub, They are honest and upfront with their price. If you're selling, they make it easier than ever at finding the most efficient selling price for you. And if you're purchasing, there are no hidden fees at checkout. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value. So you can immediately find underpriced seats. They'll alert you. What's a good deal? For example, they have easy color coding. Green is good. Yellow is middle. Red is bad etc. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Listeners, you get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how. Download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code Celticsbeat, all one word. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So just download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code Celticsbeat today. It's a win-win by downloading the app and using that Celticsbeat promo code. You help support this show, help us get great guests here like Taz, Help us bang these out week after week, every Sunday no matter what, even when there are games that were played just a couple hours prior to the release of this show, as was the case last night when the Celtics got blitzed by the Hawks, 118-107. Been saying for quite a while here that I'd rather this team start resting guys and not put much value on finishing the season with as much momentum as possible. Or getting that three seed, which is all but gone now, or that 50 wins that so many wanted, that's now mathematically impossible, unless they played 83 games, which they won't. And Thank God they won't. I'm looking forward to the playoffs starting. I've always been of belief, going back to the prior decade, that this team does a terrible job maximizing the physical outputs of their players, getting them in peak physical condition, and then likewise, just managing or healthy, getting them healthy, managing rest and recovery over the course of a season. That's led to so many further injuries that's ruined some players' career here, and it's not just the necessary, particularly for regular season games. I wanted to see that team win last night in Atlanta as much as anyone, and it looked real good for a real long time there, but as it showed last night, the team just ran out of steam from what was like that four or five minutes to go in the third quarter. The Celts were up 10 or 12, and Atlanta finished on like a 20-6 to six run in the third and or eight, and then obviously they killed them in the fourth quarter as well. As I said there a few, a few minutes ago, the word I use uh, to describe the game—they were the Atlanta blitzed them, and the Celtics defense just collapsed to the point where there was just no one on Boston, to, none, none there to finish the game. And it, it did look as if fatigue played a major role, and being on the road on the second night of a back-to-back. And I know they've been really good there, but I looked the case last night, and I know some of the guys that I, I still. Would have liked to have sat, particularly last night. That was the time to do it. Just would have been perfect. Could have left Turner, Amir Johnson, Crowder. Heck, even Sullinger, who has who been crappy on back-to-backs this year as is, and he sure was last night, really can't be too effective against Atlanta anyways. Leave them all back home. Particularly when they, you have home games sandwiched in there with that Atlanta game. Maybe even use them at you know tomorrow at home against Charlotte. That's okay. But don't have them travel on a back-to-back and play that game. I hated that. When they brought Crowder back as soon as they did with a high ankle sprain against Portland, that there really once again highlighted the ineptitude of the people that make those decisions and that they didn't even know that high ankle sprains take at least a month, if not even six weeks, for even high-level athletes to recover from. So to bring him back in two weeks, and of course he wasn't ready. The, the old train of thought is if you're healthy enough to play, you play in sports. But that's just rough and tough talk. That's crap. That's, that's bull. That's BS. There's no science behind it. It can only just make things worse, particularly if it is still a regular season and it isn't Game 7 of the NBA Finals. The body, particularly lower body injuries, need to fully recover or else you run the risk of compensating the way you walk or in Jay's case, uh, the the way you run and you start grinding other joints, other muscle tissues that could create an even greater injury down the line, or possibly in the immediate future. So I thought last night, pretty stupid, as was that those guys played. Made zero sense. And now at this point, with just two home games left, if you're going to sit, guys, you you do it last night. Uh, I know it looked good for a while down there in Atlanta, but a while is in four quarters, and the team eventually just fell flat on their face. And you combine legs not holding through, playing a good team with a crowd behind them, Well, you got what you got, and I I had always feared that Paul Millsap matchup anyway. Al Horford too, but because they are the big burly bodies, and while they had a few baskets down in the post, backing guys down, they were hitting shots from everywhere. I mean, particularly Millsap hitting threes, three threes off the glass for goodness sake, but driving the lane, had a few baskets posting up. The Atlanta matchup is definitely the worst of the three. And unless this team loses the final two and falls to six, Boston likely will not see them Uh, get ready for Miami, it looks like. But Boston all year has struggled against bigger guys who have traditional big men's traits, and Atlanta has two of them. So it would be real tough to win there. Down Atlanta, where this Celtics team, if they're healthy or not, that's, eh, I would be sketchy. But right now, that, that matchup looks highly unlikely. Atlanta is going to be the three seed. You hope for Boston's end, they are going to be the four seed. You do hope game one, the NBA finals, (laughs) NBA finals, (laughs) NBA playoffs. You do hope game one of the NBA playoffs. I'm hoping for this Sunday, hoping for that extra game if necessary, and particularly the playoffs to start in front of your home crowd, especially for what is still a young team with virtually zero experience, zero playoff experience. I I, I don't know how much you can really account for last year, maybe just getting the early butterflies out, but you know, those butterflies are still going to be there. This Celtics team still pretty much does not have much, much experience after getting swept out last year. That and, of course, playing in Boston gives the Celtics and the audience of CLNS Radio more opportunities for the guard report. Let's step away briefly for programming on behalf of the network.
1: I'm Jared Weiss, host of the Garden Report Celtics postgame show, which is the only full length high definition postgame show shot in the garden after
0: every Celtics home game. I'm joined by a rotating crew of some of the best reporters covering the Celtics after every game. The Garden Report takes you inside the locker room with player and coach interviews in full high definition. So subscribe to the CLNS Radio YouTube channel by going to youtube.com slash CLNS Radio to catch every episode of The Garden Report and every Full length coach and player press conference at each Celtics home game. You can also listen to the Garden Report and all the player interviews as a podcast by subscribing to the Garden Report on iTunes and Stitcher, or by visiting the CLNS Radio app in the App Store. That was Jared Weiss, CLNS Radio Celtics locker room reporter, and as you just heard, host of the Garden Report YouTube dot com slash CLNS Radio YouTube dot com slash CLNS Radio. Hey, I was just on with Jared and W E E I Sam Packard on the E E I Celtics podcast. Available on the usuals like this show, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Talked about a lot with the guys Isaiah Thomas's All-NBA merits. Whether the Celtics should be putting a greater premium on resting players as opposed to home court. Answer that question. There should be a greater emphasis on making sure everyone's as healthy as can be for next weekend's start of the NBA playoffs. Hopefully on Sunday. And hopefully here in Boston. Particularly Jay Crowder. Although that seems to be out the door now. This team, they're gunning for it. Uh, Marcus Smart, he said on Comcast the other day, uh, earlier in the week. Point blank, the Celts, they are going for the highest seed possible, and you can at least see that in how they've been planning all this and playing running Crowder out there a week and a half ago against Portland. Was not a fan of that. Brought it up with Leon Poe on last week's show. But the age-old, overused adage of it is what it is, so you really can't complain or else be going on here forever. But it has made me think about Boston's playoff prospects and playoff positioning. I think Kind of goes without saying that there's probably a greater premium on a home court than there is over matchups. And I got to say this I know there's this mentality of got to avoid the four or five seed, got to stay out of Cleveland's bracket. And my response is to that is really? I mean, even in the best of all scenarios. You still have to play the Cavs anyways, right? And the worst-case scenario is you never play Cleveland. Legitimately, that is the worst-case scenario. You never get the Cavs, which is bizarrely what this is all about, getting exposure, playing pressure playoff games, getting the best barometer possible for this team because they can't win at all. It's a little depressing. And that's also what I said on last week with Leon before that Warriors win was how this season, as successful it had been, even prior to that that game last friday against uh, golden state and the potential for a playoff run never was really able to lure me all the way in as a fan despite the brand of basketball this young group of selic's play they and because because of that ceiling And you talk with all the team execs, Danny, Gotham, Wick, and it's all the same. It's the same message. It's the future, the future, the future. Oh, yeah, they're going to buy tickets this year, too, if you can. So that ceiling that we know is there, and every single sell point of the season has been creating a mindset. and, And, hey, no question do I think it's justified, but now everything is about how does this help this team and these players develop get playoff experience, put on a good showing for the rest of the league to help recruit players. Where have we heard that one? And I'm as guilty as any. Last week alone, I jumped on that Warriors game and what role it could possibly play for Kevin Durant. And we're at a point now, too, where if this team makes a run, pushes Cleveland to the limit in whatever round that may be, where if that does happen, that raises expectations more and more for next year and the summer where it's like, If this team basically does not get Kevin Durant and or Al Horford, seriously, if that doesn't happen, which just on percentages alone, that is very slim as much as we love the situation these Celtics are in. and We all believe these players would be great fits here and great fits for them. We're getting closer and closer to the point where if there's any replica of last offseason where the team ends up, quote unquote, settling for an Amir Johnson part two. The air is just going to come out of the balloon or out of the room. It'll be almost like losing out on the draft lottery when you expect to win it. And, hey, lo and behold, that scenario is in the cards as well, with the Sellers having no worse than the fourth best odds to win the lottery. Curtis, of you are dear, dear, dear friends down there in Brooklyn. But back to that, the further about the playoffs, the further and further this team goes this year, the greater and greater the expectations come, not just for next year, next season, but, but for the summer, for the offseason, you feel that, I mean, oh my goodness, going seven against Cleveland, how dare we throw that out there? Going to the conference finals or something along those lines. The wishful thinking and the hoping for the quote unquote transformative move to steal the Celtics brass, famous phrase, that it will now happen pretty much within weeks upon the conclusion of the season. I mean, you know. You may want to check things a little bit here. Hey, I'm as bullish as anybody on possibilities for the Celtics this summer as anyone. But even I know it's the Celtics against the field, and math alone is always going to favor the field. But anyways, back to the 4 or 5 seed. I want to weigh the goods and the bads here. Okay? So hear me out. Good, in regards to being in the Cleveland bracket. Okay? Good. If you win the first round, you play the Cavs in the second. Bad. If you win the first round, you play Cleveland in the next. Yes, that is good and bad. Being that third seed doesn't guarantee you that date with the Cavs. It doesn't guarantee you that exposure. You you advance. You play Toronto. You lose. You don't get the Cavs. You don't get all that national television exposure. The talk show segments. Quick FYI, no one is going to give a hoot about Celtics raps outside of the people in the local areas. Sorry. So you miss out on that. Now, of course, if you do win, Cavs' Eastern Conference Finals games are obviously infinitely superior to Cavs' second round games. But hey, there are better odds of seeing the Cavs in the second round than the Eastern Conference Finals as you just have to win that one round. So consider that. And all this analyzing of every square inch, which that's what we do here at CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio, video coverage of the Boston Celtics. But analyzing every square inch of, or psychoanalyzing how it plays into the future well-being of the franchise and being able to capitalize upon it uh, this summer and signing a real free agent game changer. Well, that's where everyone seems to be at. And, uh, so I felt I laid it all out there for you. And speaking of expectations, I saw this train of thought making its way around the rev and even the mainstream media this past week after the Warriors game and even coming back to beat the Lakers to complete that road trip after the Warriors game. And it needs to be squashed right now, and I'm going to do it. And that being the the beating the Warriors has raised the bar for this team, and fans should now expect this team to win a playoff series. And if they don't, that's going to be a disappointment. uh oh. First off, the few fans, and there are few of them. I do not let a couple of posts on various outlets of Celtics internet community speak for the The millions of Celtics fans, but there were a few boobs who seemed to regurgitate and feel the effects of being plugged into the matrix and make the opinions of the talentless hacks in the mainstream media that opinions of their own. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely just obscene to, at this point, not call this season an absolute raging success. The team took another giant step forward, a great leap forward. So many players got better, and they beat the Warriors. Everything that happens from here on out, unless this team gets swept four straight in an embarrassing manner in the first round, which we know will not happen. So barring the extreme... We are now officially in bonus time for the Boston Celtics. That Warriors win is even better than a first-round playoff series win in my eyes. It really is. I am of firm belief that that win will have more of an impact for this team and this franchise going forward. And it's just more impressive than beating any of these, uh, while we're here quoting The Rock again, any of these jabronis in the first round, the Triple Hs. I hope you love these wrestling analogies, Chris Forsberg, because I know you do, but... See, a lot of the Boston media, the dinosaurs here, they are not basketball people. Not that the people, you know, not the people that cover the Celts, but the talking heads. They are not basketball people. They are not Celtics fans. They are not basketball fans. And to them, the Celtics being relevant, the Celtics being competitive, that is a nuisance to them. Because it's like, oh, great, Jesus, I got got to talk about them. I got to watch them. I got to analyze the game and tell our audience what I think of them. And, And they don't like basketball. So instead of having to sit through these games... They instead offer that up because, okay, it go it goes like this. You place these newfound expectations on the Celtics. You make a bold proclamation as talking head. Wow, they beat the Warriors in Oakland. The Celtics are locks to win a playoff series. They'll steamroll any of these schmucks. Now that is a ploy. If that does happen, Celts win a playoff series. It's, oh yeah, just what I predicted. And if they don't, they can run that. The Celtics choked angle right at you, and they don't have to tell you why they lost, just they choked. They lost when they shouldn't have. Just check the scores, hit the airwaves, provide zero analysis, zero critical thought, and roll with it. So we appreciate those who come here. Don't put up with that gibberish. Long live independent media. If you don't think I'm capable of breaking it down, well, then our guests, they usually are. And just like ours today, it's Cass Mellis from the Starters, from the man. Joining us on the other side of the break, you are listening to Celtics Speed on CLNS Radio. Hey, this is Larry H. Russell here, critically acclaimed author and host of Celtics Beat. And I'm privileged to be joined by Daryl Conant, former U.S. Olympic Committee strength coach and one of the leading strength and condition specialists in America. Daryl, thanks so much for being here. It's great to be here, Larry. Thank you. Daryl, you're a student of the legendary bodybuilder Vince Gironda.
1: Tell me a bit more about Vince. Vince Gironda was considered the pioneer of pure natural bodybuilding. His training methods and nutritional concepts are still being incorporated in many gyms throughout the world today, and I had the privilege myself of having him as my mentor. How can we learn more about the methods of the Iron Guru? As a student of Vince Gironda, I always wanted to give back to Vince in some way. I wrote a book entitled Invincible that depicts many of Vince's programs and nutritional theories that he taught me. For more information on this book, folks can visit my website at www.darylcarnett.com.
0: Daryl, Vince had so many methods and ideas for achieving optimal health. Care to
1: share any while we're here? One of Vince's most popular nutritional concepts was his recommendation of eating organic, grass-fed beef to build muscle. Organic red meat is loaded with nutrients necessary for building quality muscle. As Vince would always say to me, you must eat the type of food that the muscle is
0: made out of, red meat. Get on that path of effortless fat loss and optimal health by following the appropriate nutritional methods and get it from the country's leading organic meat brand. American Farmers Network at AmericanFarmersNetwork.com.
1: The workers who have succeeded in this new economy are those who know how to decide for themselves how to spend their time and allocate their energy. They understand how to set goals, prioritize tasks, and make choices about which projects to pursue. People who know how to self-motivate, according to studies, earn more money than their peers, report higher levels of happiness, and say they are more satisfied with their families, jobs, and lives.
0: The preceding excerpt is from Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit audiobook, published by Random House Audio. Audible is the leading source of audiobooks online and to get a free 30-day trial to get access to great books such as this, log on to audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. Welcome back into the show. Time for our featured guest segment here on Celtics Speed. Tass Mellis, host of the Starters on NBA TV weeknights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tass, happy to have you here. Line this one up because... Well, I look good now after last night, if now it looks like the Hawks have all but wrapped up that 3C, but didn't want to leave you in the bullpen if that Raptors-Celtics playoff series never came to fruition.
1: Uh, we can pretend it's a spring training game, and uh, I can come out right now for the 7th inning, and uh, you know I can sit down for the 8th and come back for the ninth when it happens.
0: Oh, you're one of my go-to guys, Though we can still have Jack Armstrong in the bag, too, for that. If that does ever does happen,
1: <laughs> we can even... Well, you- you better pick
0: Jack Armstrong over me. Well, we all know those NBA playoff rounds end up going like two weeks anyway. So that's good. We, we have plenty, we have ample opportunities.
1: That, that is 100% true.
0: Well, let's just do this for fun. And it looks like it is for fun now because it's going to take a miracle for a Raptors playoff series date with Boston to happen. But you're here and I know you're a Raps guy. Let's pretend game one of that series is tonight here on Sunday, April 10th. And me and you got that dream scenario. What's going to happen?
1: Um, is the parade over for winning the first round series for the for the Raptors faithful? Because that's all they're looking for. They're looking for one round. Uh, the sec- it's so hard to fathom a second round right now because of what's happened to the Raptors. Uh, but as far as that that situation goes, man, I, I definitely would would worry about uh, the Raps. Being a little gassed by the second round because they rely on their um, their backcourt so much. I think the Celtics would just string them along on the defensive end because of the way they use every single inch of the floor offensively. I would probably pick the Celtics, and I'm not just – Oh, my goodness. Is, yeah. that,
0: is, that, is that just sort of a Cubs fan or a Toronto fan type of thing in you? That yeah. Does... yeah. <laughs> really? Because, I mean, the, the whole thing also too last year with the Raptors the last two years in the playoffs and last year when they ended up getting swept by the Wizards – when they actually beat the Wizards up pretty good in that regular season. And that's sort of how I'm looking at it from Boston's end is Toronto's taking care of Boston this year in the regular season outside of one game in which Kyle Lowry never even played. But the, the Raptors guards, which you've talked about, have crushed the Celtics this year mm-hmm. uh, in all the games. So I don't know. I just is you're, are you almost going on the Raptors fan in you that has that little glass half empty type of thing. and Oh, my God, they're going to screw it up for us again.
1: Well, as well as the Celtics guards having a ton of confidence at this point of the year, uh, being able to shut down Steph and play to some degree, uh, you know, they've, I think they could handle, as as, as great as DeMar has been, um, you know, put him in a seven-game series with Avery Bradley all up in him, uh, and, and Lowry is as great as he's been, uh, you know, they just can't do it themselves. I, I think that uh, Lowry would be fantastic. It's just, uh, you know, it's a great matchup for the Celtics, you know, regardless of the regular season. As you said, the Wizards uh, got smashed by the Raps in the regular season last year. They got swept one way, and then they did the sweeping the other way. Uh, I think the Celtics walk in uh, pretty confidently. It would be a long series, um, but uh, I just see the Raps' strengths matching up with the Celtics' strengths uh, pretty firmly in that situation.
0: Who do you fear outside of Cleveland? We can get to Cleveland. This is a good way to even just talk about the conference is we can just keep going and we can delve into your fandom that we know you still have, Tess, even though that you do work for the man. Who do you sort of fear the most in the Eastern Conference as a Raptors fan, Cleveland excluded?
1: As a Raptors fan, uh, even if I was a Cavs fan, I fear the team with uh, playoff experience, and that's what the Wizards did to the Raps last year with Paul Pierce and big Shot. So I would fear the Miami Heat uh, because although they're you know they're an up and down team like everyone outside of the Cavs really are, and the Cavs are to some extent as well. Uh, they just can turn it on, and uh, you know for for the la- lack of a better cliche, when the lights come on, they know how to play, and uh, you know regardless of Chris Kobaش. There. Gore Dragic has started to go, uh, and you combine that with uh, Dwayne Wade and Joe Johnson, who can win playoff series, uh, and then other vets. I I just feel like, again, it's a game five. It's 2 2. Hey, we've been here before. Let's pull this thing out while the experience doesn't lie with the Raps or the Celtics uh, or the Hornets. So I I think that's huge, you know, come postseason. And all those cliches that really don't matter a lot in the regular season. They do apply I know, in the it's postseason. It's it, yeah.
0: is, it is unbelievable how they do what, what is Bosch's status about I know he's still like he was I can't remember who was, who I was talking to on one like one of the, our shows talking about oh he actually is gonna come back. Do you actually know anything is he uh is, is he gonna still try to get the playoffs a run or is he still completely up in the air? I, I last I heard he was out indefinitely.
1: Got zero knowledge but um you know, I love to read the body language, and uh, and I love to read into the press releases, and that would lead me to believe that there is a possibility of him coming back, uh, being the fact that he's on the bench, you know, unlike last year when he wasn't around, um, being the fact that in the press releases they didn't entirely dismiss him coming back. I think, you know, they're looking around for second, third, and fourth opinions, and they're going to play it by ear, Um I could definitely see him coming back. He's, he's around. Uh, I've seen him jump once or twice on the bench in excitement, and uh, I think that means that he's coming back. I really have no idea, but I, I, I do believe that there is a, there's a decent chance
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. I'm, I actually think that it's starting to look like with the way these games have played out from a Celtics standpoint. I've actually tried looking at the Heat a little bit, because so I'm not going to lie. I've been but, but mostly watching, because at the time I go to bed, I've been mostly watching Celtics games. I know mm-hmm. you, You, on the other hand, you watch every single NBA game five times five times over in slow slow motion. <laughs> so you have a little more knowledge of this than me. But what about the rest of the conference, though? is It's still... Is it still this automatic? I know Cleveland hasn't had the best year, but is it still put in the bank for the
1: Cavs? No, I don't think it is. Uh, I, I think there is obviously the favorite.
0: Um, Who can take them down,
1: though? Yeah, that's well, the problem. I mean, I yeah, know that's they the know problem.
0: I know they're not playing well, but then you just look at the rest of the teams, and it's just you, you just look. You go like right up and down the list. I mean, if I if I if I start with the Celtics, I'd be like, you know, that's that's four straight. That's done, and I know they're. I, mean, I they're having his good of a year as they can. I can see the Celtics going in the Eastern Conference Finals, but if they do, I think they get mashed by the Cavs in four straight games. I think Toronto would have a better shot. They have an exceptional home court advantage. I know every team loves to think they have a great home court advantage, but Toronto's got a different level type of home court advantage, so they could maybe trip the Cavs up there, stretch a series to six games, but they're not going to win four out of seven against Cleveland. And then right down the line, Atlanta, Charlotte. I mean, I don't even know who else is in uh, Indiana. Let's
1: let's know. Let's, let's give the Heat a bit of a chance because every time every time they play in Miami, um, they play at them really really well. And, and there is that old hey, they get up for the big teams. That happens with the Heat, and I think they have a bit of a mental advantage over LeBron. You know, he's been constantly talking about well, we. Would have loved to get Joe Johnson. Uh, we need vets, and, and I think when he looks across the court and he sees the Heat with all those vets, there is a, a tiny bit of a mental advantage. When he looks around his team and he doesn't, he knows that guys haven't, you know, gone deep into playoff in the playoffs without him, and they don't have that. I think there's just a bit of a mental advantage. We know LeBron is the best player in that series by far, and he can win an entire playoff series, and he rests during the regular season so he can mow people over. Yeah, he's definitely, definitely. Uh, the favorite in any series he plays in outside the, uh, the NBA Finals. But, uh, you know, they sneak a game in here, there. The Bulls were up 2-1 last year, and LeBron gets that shot from the corner after the inbounds play wasn't originally called for him. You know, there, there, I think there is a, a slim chance that he can, uh, can poke a hole in it when you've got the the lore that they do uh, you know, the last several years, and they've got a bit of a mental dinge, and I think LeBron is – has made it public that he thinks those vets are going to help them, and he's worried about his lack of vets on his team.
0: That would be the story in itself. If the Heat end up beating LeBron a year and a half after he departs, especially too when the whole thing. Remember Dan Gilbert, the first time LeBron left Cleveland, we're going to win a championship before he does. I <laughs> don't. That is just no chance in hell that's going to happen. To quote a infamous wrestling owner, but that would be that would be a storyline on its own right if Miami gets back at Cleveland, although I, I don't see it. If you even want to play like a little game, give me a percentage of that happening Oof. in a, any of the playoff series, Miami over Cleveland.
1: <laughs> well, is Chris Boss back?
0: Uh, well, give, yeah. Yes, to, yes, 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 yes. Larry, He's back. He's back. Yes.
1: He's back. For the purpose of this hypothetical, I mean, we can just throw this hypothetical out if Boss isn't back. But uh, I'd say a 30% chance if Boss is back. That's
0: high. It is is high. high. It is high. But every time
1: they play in Miami, uh, the Heat can take care of business. And that locker room isn't right. You know, you fire a coach midway through the season. um, You have all these little kerfuffles here and there. Uh, The the locker room isn't as good as it should be. LeBron knows that. Uh, And you know, when he when he did sign up, as you said, a year and a half ago, he kind of said, "This is going to be a long haul. It's going to be a long time for us to to put it together." And he's he's been frankly he's been pissed this year that. Uh, guys haven't been on the same page and going at it as hard as he does uh, to some degree. I, you know, I don't know really behind the scenes, but verbally and, and through social media, he's been extremely pissed. Uh, you know, so there is that little there is that little mental struggle. And uh, you know, they, they, have they really found themselves at this point? No, have the Heat? No, they're not incredible. And Bosch isn't around, but you know, there is there there is a chance that that, that they're a little bit they're just fallible. They can they can fall.
0: That's sort of the toughest part of the NBA regular season in my eyes. And as you mentioned, one team fired a coach, goofy little walker room situation, don't really know how to judge it. We're talking about the heat. The immediately thing that I recall are the Miami Heat in 2006. The exact same thing. Fired the coach, had a terrible, like a horrible regular season. And they looked pathetic. And then all they had to do was win two rounds in the in the playoffs, and then they were NBA champions. It's tough, really, to gauge, get a good gauge, yeah, a lot on the, on the regular season. I, I mean, I I I don't know. There's a part. There's a there's a part of me that I don't even want to rule Cleveland out for a championship. Like Not I mean, enough. I could I could see Cleveland run through the Eastern Conference. I mean, like you said, I, I, I'm I'm of the belief Miami is. I don't know. I give them something like a. A, a 2% chance in the <laughs> in, in a potential playoff matchup. If you want to go, go right down the line, I think it's something like Raptors 5%, Celtics 0, Miami 2, Hornets 0. But I, I mean, I, I think there's even in a better situation where you see what the Cavs. I don't think one of the. You know, last year was sort of tough to use as a barometer because that was just a totally different team that won the Eastern Conference last year than what this potential Eastern Conference team would be unless they suffer all those injuries again. But I just think there is just as good of a chance as the Cavs turning into the 2001 Lakers or even that, and if we're on a Celtics show, even that Celtics team in 2010 that went to Game 7 against the Lakers, they finished the regular season 27-27 and 27 and looked even worse than that. And then they end up running through the Eastern Conference playoffs. I, I, I get this sense that there's a better chance that we see that. And I think it even make more sense than just the Cavs sort of stumbling their way through the Eastern Conference and then just get mashed by whatever comes out of the West. And sorry for rambling there.
1: No, no. That, that's what I do. and uh, I'm, I'll match you ramble for ramble if you want. I, I totally hear that, but I think there is a tiny bit of a... Uh, you, know, you mentioned all those teams. I could see all that happening. But I think there is a, a 2010... Heat Celtics, uh, or I'm sorry, Cavs Celtics that you're very familiar with, right? Uh, where LeBron faces those Celtics in the second round. And he knows that he doesn't have enough. Again, the Heat aren't the Celtics. But, uh, you know, going up against a team that just has that veteran leadership uh, and that LeBron... Made, ex- that is a good example, though. Yeah, so, but, again, we're not talking about, you know, Garnett, uh Yeah, Pierce, but you know what? At that time,
0: out. people gave... I was one of them. I gave that Celtics team people forget how pathetic that team looked for four months of the regular season that year. I mean they looked horrible Yeah. I mean people thought they were going to lose in the first round and now we look back on it and say, oh geez, they had Garnett Pierce Rondo and Ray Allen and they went you know they pushed the Lakers to seven, but they looked completely old like they were two years past every every player was two years past their prime and they were able to dig deep for two months. In that yeah. sense, I could see the, the Heat thing. Now I'll let you yeah. continue after I've rudely interrupted you, which is what I'm really good at doing.
1: <laughs> well, no, that's uh, – but like you mentioned, they dug deep for two months, and that's the problem with trying to assess things now. Well, LeBron's going to dig deep, and he is going to find that other gear. But will he be able to find it for a round two matchup against the Heat when he knows you know, he's got to play the Warriors slash Spurs in a month? From that point, so that's why it's difficult for us to sit back here and, and say any of these guys won't dig deep, you know. Especially, you know, you LeBron who's done it before, because they don't do it for the entire regular season when they technically don't have to, but then they're able to turn it on for uh, for a stretch. And LeBron, you know, he could he almost, he almost won the final. He, you know, many people wanted him to win Finals MVP. There are some people who voted for him even though they lost four two. Because he was technically the the best player in some people's eyes in that series, so he can be that guy against the Heat and, and probably win the series. You know, let's uh, you know that thirty percent I throw out there—it sounds ridiculously high. I think it's more. It's ra- rather than the physical uh, attributes that LeBron has, where he can take over a series, I think it's mental. Where he's just pissed at his guys. Uh, Justice Winslow is a guy who might get under his skin. He is a guy that. Probably no
0: calls as a rookie.
1: I I don't know. I think you're right, right. But I think he plays LeBron the right way, Uh, and uh, he's just got like you, like you've got with Avery Bradley and and Marcus Smart on that team. That guy's got defensive instincts that you can't teach. Uh, And he, I think, you know, Spoelstra won't start him, but he'll throw him out there in a second quarter and then a fourth quarter just so he can get under LeBron's skin and and you know, get in his way uh, to some degree. No, he may not get calls, but he plays D extremely well. And, uh, you know, if LeBron wants to go one on five, I think Woods is a, a pretty good matchup. As good as a matchup there is in the league for him. You know, Iguodala showed sort of the template of how you play him in the finals. And good luck to the Heat. 30 is a ridiculously high number. I, uh, maybe I should scale that back a little bit.
0: <laughs> I, I, I would. I mean, I would even think <laughs> 20 is really, really high. I could see it. But, man, man, is high. Sort of stick with LeBron. This is going to be the sort of a cliche question of all cliche questions. Right. But how, I mean, when we're talking about LeBron digging deep for that gear, and Zach Lowe put out a really good piece that showed the potential of the Cavs. They have some lineups that are really, really productive. And that's why I think we can even talk about this a little later. Why I'm actually giving the Cavs a shot at a championship, and I'll make a point later, but just stick on this. How much pressure do you think there is on LeBron? Cliche question, generic question. How much pressure do you really think is on him? especially knowing that he's on the back end of his prime and he could be fr- frozen out of championships because of how good Golden State will be this year and the years to come?
1: I don't think there is uh, uh, an incredible amount of pressure this year because, yeah, he wants to win 5-6 to be compared you know, to the greats, to the, to the Kobe and to the Jordans, but I think one championship in Cleveland is worth two or three in Miami. and And so... To, to him getting that one in 2016, 17, 18, and whenever it is, I think not that he'll be extremely content, but when he looks back on his, on his uh, career and when people look back on his career, it'll feel like that's equal to three. And, and it's a three Miami championships. And I know that sounds stupid, but no, I could see that. I, mean, yeah, I, I, I see so, the so, point you're making. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, he just has to get the one. That's the most important thing. Uh, and, um, you're right. I mean, this year—that's why. That's why there is a, you know, that 2010 example to me where the Heat went up against the Celtics applies because um, there's a mental advantage with those Celtics, and I think, like we said, maybe there isn't a mental, a extreme mental advantage going up against the Miami Heat, but there is a mental advantage. Throughout the entire league, as you mentioned, he knows the Warriors are the better team. That's why he's been pissed off all year that his guys not working their asses off. He knows the Spurs are a better team. He knew the Celtics were a better team when they went up against them in 2010. That's why there's this sort of snowball effect that, uh, you know, Braun might not – he cares, obviously, but he knows that maybe he doesn't get it this year, but he'll get the one or or, or one down the line. I think there's more pressure uh, on the Warriors after winning 70 games that they'll win this season. Uh, than then LeBron, even though, you know, there's a tight pressure on LeBron, night in and night
0: out. When you sort of, like, give the Heat that 30% chance, or even if you want to scale it back to 25, 1-4, it almost seems like you, it's almost like you're hoping that the playoffs <laughs> are going to be competitive in the Eastern Conference. You know is it. Because it. it can, and I know the Western Conference Finals is on Turner, so this is where we really should be pimping about what's going out West, if you want to be, you know, stroking the man a little bit. But do you think it almost sort of takes a little bit out of you in that it seems like it is a lock that the Cavs, despite all of their struggles in the regular season, that it's a lock for them to win the conference? Like, I, I, before you even I'll let you answer that, because it's weird here in Boston. Like, it's, there's nothing from Celtics fans or even people in the media. The whole thing about going deep in the playoffs is isn't just so, yeah, we could be entertained, yeah, we could be amused Out in, up until the end of May, God forbid, early June when the e- end of the Eastern Conference Finals is. It's all about going deep in the playoffs so maybe that could better position the Celtics for Durant. That's what it solely is all about. I mean, I, I, everything that happens, I mean, when they beat Golden State a few weeks ago, it wasn't, you know, most, as much it as it was, it was the Celtics beating Golden State, they did this, it, the, so much of the reaction was, and I was guilty of it too, what does this do for their Durant prospects? So going back to that, how much do you think this sort of, you sort of hoping to yourself of, boy, you know, I hope, you know, Miami can give Cleveland a little something just based on the fact of making the the conference playoffs interesting the same way Chicago did last year?
1: Oh, you better believe it. There's a, there's a huge part of me that, that is, you know, I'm reaching with the Heat 100% for the reason that. I want to see some exciting postseason play. The Cavs uh, went into came here to Atlanta, where I live, uh, last Friday about nine days ago, and the Hawks should have beat them. And I was hoping for them to win just so they could have a little bit of a mental edge when they came to Atlanta in the postseason. If they did meet up, because the Hawks have looked like the third best team, you know, for a while, uh, you know, alongside the, the Celtics and the Hornets. I thought there's a chance, you know, you, the, the Cavs come here and the Hawks show their conference finalists last year. Maybe they've gotten it together. Maybe they look a little bit more like that 60-win team for the same reason that I think the Heat, uh, or I hope the Heat have it all together. Because, yeah, I do want to see some exciting postseason play because I'm in it for the long haul. I'm here till you know, the Larry O'Brien gets risen in mid-June. And I want to see some exciting play. I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. You know, as a Raps fan, as you mentioned, the – uh, the Raps and Celtics going around two. I'm hoping for a round two uh, <laughs> appearance, and that's about it. I mean, that's all I really want. And the, their entire uh, um, roster depends on that as well. Marta Rosen's a free agent. If they don't win a first-round series, I don't see how you go long-term with Lowry and DeRozan as your backcourt. You have to make a change. But if you get to the second round, then you probably stick with it and uh, go from there. Uh, yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. It's uh, it seems inevitable that uh, the Cavs are going to pull it out, but you know, you, you always bring me back with that that Bulls two one possibility last year. The Bulls had a mental edge. I'm I'm, I'm just wishfully thinking again. Maybe the Heat do, uh, and the Hawks definitely do not.
0: The real the real example would be. I mean, if you are going to do the the wishful thinking, the real example would be. Orlando in 2009, just making a crap load of three pointers against LeBron. Even though LeBron killed it in that series, but again, that was LeBron playing with four other guys named Fred, as opposed to Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, so but there great. was a,
1: they they swept the first two series in that 2009 they playoffs. Yeah. Oh, that's and, right, right. They, and they had nine days off, and uh, and then Orlando we,
0: what, went seven against the Celts.
1: Yeah, but but they had they had nine days exactly. Yeah, so so Orlando was fresh going into that game one. Uh Cleveland, a 66-win team, going in, in Cleveland, and they stole game one. Yep. Um, and LeBron had to hit that. Freak shot. At, in game two, exactly, to, to tie up that series. They almost took two games from Cleveland because they were a little bit rusty, and LeBron was a little bit rusty because of those uh, nine days. That was a, a huge part of why Orlando made the finals. Not to take anything away from Orlando. They could have easily won those, that final against uh, Los Angeles. Oh, they,
0: no, they couldn't have.
1: Oh, uh, I know. I know they got smashed. The, in the
0: Courtney end. Lee thing, I know, but I, I don't know. Even well, if it, that, even if I went back to Orlando, one-one, the Lakers still really exerted themselves in that series. Especially when they closed out in five. I mean, if that would even win six, but I mean, they closed out in five, and in that fifth game, Orlando looked hopeless. And now we're just playing the old NBA classics thing, which is the perfect <laughs> conversation that we could do in August. But
1: it should have been, I mean, it should have been two-two going back to LA. But anyways, it's it's true.
0: That example, though, I just don't think there is that there in the conference. And that's why yeah. I do think that the Cavs are going to roll through the Eastern Conference playoffs. And before we get you ahead of you, this is the best way to do it. This is i, I really playing out this scenario. I can really see the Cavs rolling through the Eastern Conference playoffs. They are very fresh for the NBA Finals. And Golden State and San Antonio beat the crap out of each other. And while everyone is preordaining that, the old NFC Championship, San Francisco 49ers versus Dallas Cowboys, whoever wins that is going to beat the Bills 52-10 in the Super Bowl. There is that scenario where Cleveland is so fresh for the NBA Finals. Those two teams beat the crap out of each other for seven games. LeBron steals a road game in game one, dropping 45, 15, and 10. And then they win all the games at home. And I know it's back to the 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 but I'll say, win all the games at home. Any chance of that scenario playing out? Or are you like the old with the old computer, the Nate Silver crowd of doesn't matter 100% whoever wins the Western Conference Finals is winning the title?
1: No, I, I don't think that. I think you're right. Uh, LeBron could be fresh for the finals. And we saw uh, the way he pulled out two games uh, without LeBron or uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. LeBron James has the potential to win any series, uh, and, and regardless of how good the, the team is on the opposite side of the floor. That being said, Golden um, State gave up Game Two last year. LeBron tends to lose Game Ones. You know he is a, a feeler of the series; he feels things out. Well, that's In a good general, point. I never thought about that. And yeah, right. general, there are a lot of Game, game one, one losses, and then and, and Golden State uh, doesn't lose consecutive games. That's just who they are. And although that, that did happen in, in, in the finals last year, games two and games three, they're a better team. Um, so you better get game one because I don't think you're getting two games in a row against, uh, Golden State. So, uh, LeBron doesn't get game ones. You're right, though. It could be fresh. Um, but that's, I think that is, that's the, the problem with having such a weak Eastern Conference that he can be in chill mode, uh, for a lot of the Eastern Conference playoff picture just to wait till that NBA Finals win. He is a bit susceptible because you know, as you mentioned, you know he's going to be waiting for the NBA Finals to really, really, really destroy uh, and put the ball in his hands for 48 possession, or I'm sorry, for 48 minutes if if that needs to be the case, because uh, I think he could be susceptible uh, in the Eastern Conference uh, in, during the Eastern Conference playoff picture. But uh, now I'm with uh, I'm not with not that I'm with the Nate Silvercraft, but I'm with the Warriors still being the best team in the league and uh, the Spurs having the best shot. But I still think the Warriors will will take care of the Spurs. No problem.
0: There is going to be sort of an interesting angle there for the NBA Finals, too, if it is the Warriors and the Cavs again, in that now Steph Curry is pretty much universally ordained as the best player in the NBA, and no one even considers LeBron anymore. I don't think LeBron is so happy giving up that title, let alone a championship. Last question to get you out of here. Using the love using Boston sports analogies on this show. That's what people from Boston do. They're all throwbacks. Do you make anything of the Warriors' struggles in that maybe that sprint that they did for five months is akin to what the 07 Patriots did where they sprinted in the regular season and they were just sputtering to the end. And you lo- I remember watching that Patriots team and just saying, they're going to lose a game. I don't know who it's going to be. And sure enough, they ended up losing in the Super Bowl. Do you make anything with the Warriors now as they've kind of looked a little sketchy in the last few games here?
1: Sorry, Boston fans. I cannot draw a correlation to that team because I really don't remember that team. Um, I draw the correlation to the 95-96 Bulls that won 72 games. Uh, they the only other team to win 70 games. And sputtered towards the end of the regular season.
0: Yeah, two of the last four they lost at home, I think.
1: At home, yeah. They started 37-0 and at home, and they lost two of their last four at home. And then they were totally fine in the postseason. They lost two games to those Seattle Supersonics in the finals, but that's you know, that's basically it. I, that, that's what I draw a correlation with. So I, I, I'm not worried whatsoever. Uh, you know, they're bored. It's a long season. But that's, that, that's Frankly, that's it. I, I think they're just not playing their best basketball, not to take away anything from that that Boston game. The Boston they, they were outplayed uh, against the Celtics. But that's that's all it is to me.
0: Tass Malice, host of the Starters on NBA TV. You can follow Tass on Twitter, at Tass Malice. Tass, before, actually, before we let you go, how's the ladies' cookbook coming along?
1: <laughs> uh danielle's uh, cookbook is fantastic and i've gained at least six to seven pounds oh no
0: so see you, you gotta go it's those carbs man
1: yeah it's all carbs
0: was hoping for a more ringing endorsement Taz, for the book i get again Taz Mellis. i'm actually not gonna lie myself i've been hitting the carbs pretty hard the whole winter followed the diet of dr ray pete a little bit tried to put on some weight even if it was fat really want to improve my strength Made a little strides. The mood was good, which for me in the winter is back when I don't get my vitamin D from the sun as I get a ton of it in the spring, summer, fall months. You know, as end of April, early November, I'm outside all the time uh, for the club, of course. But I'm, I'm not a big fan of D supplements as they tend to make you a little skittish, at least me anyways. But when I don't get my natural vitamin D, I tend to get a little depressed. My mood takes a hit all the time in these winter months, but not this winter, though. So the mood was good. Put on a little belly fat, but the strength is up. Not overall strength. My pull-up routine, if I ever do it, is still pretty much the same. But some of the isolation exercise that I do, neck press, that's up 20 pounds from last fall. Arm exercises, that's where it's a little tough for me to make progress. But chest and back iso exercise, they're up. A lot of compound lifts, which I don't really do much of, they are still somewhat the same. But I experimented with more carbs this winter. Added a little belly fat. Now I need to work on cutting that off. So if I'm you know, a few weeks away from the steak and eggs diet, Tough to do during the height of the summer when you're losing a lot of the minerals from the heat and the sun. We'll give that a go. But in the spring, get the body fat percentage back in the single digits and hope that there is no sacrifice to my strength. But the key to that is, as I realize, you got to get the highest quality protein. Get as much nutrients as you can from the animal fat, healthy animal fat. They have to have healthy diets, the animals. And American Farmers Network... That is really the only option for me as it's 100% grass-fed and certified USDO organic. There's no BS labeling, you know, natural grass-fed organic. It's 100% grass-fed. This is the stuff, certified organic, 100% grass-fed. They pass all the tests, and we're pretty much just at the shirts-off month. So to anyone who wants to lose some extra pounds or a lot of extra pounds, you got to heed my advice on this one, guys. Make organic grass-fed steak the absolute backbone of your diet, and it's like magic in that so many life's problems just vanish when you have such an extraordinary diet. So, again, definitely check out AmericanFarmersNetwork.com. Head on over there right now. We're going to pause briefly for station identification. You're listening to CLNS Radio, home to the original Celtics podcast, Celtics Stuff Live. CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics, Celtics Stuff Live. You just heard Justin Poulin, he and his co-host John Duke, the original Celtics podcasters. They will be online tomorrow on clnsradio.com. Probably will be uploaded around 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Again, check the website as well as the mobile app. Subscribe to get it delivered right to you. Got that pre- and post-game coverage. Jared Rice holding down the fort at the Garden as we come down the home stretch here with just two home games left. Still crucial when it comes to playoff positioning, maybe even confidence heading into the playoffs. Have a chance to sweep the regular season series from both Charlotte and Miami this year. They haven't even played the Hornets at home yet. But it gives the team a serious mental edge if they're able to get these two wins for both these guys. If they ever meet in any of these teams, with or without home court advantage in the playoffs, we're going to find out this week. So we're going to see how it plays out. But here we go, just two to go, and we will be back here next Sunday in the midst, or hopefully previewing. I hope Game 1 is Sunday, for my sake, too. But maybe even the midst. Maybe they play Game 1 Saturday, and we're going to be recapping the Game 1 of the playoffs, hopefully in Boston. But it's the 2016 NBA playoffs in which the Boston Celtics will take part in for the second year in a row. So we're going to see you then. But for now, au revoir to number 152. Music for Celtics Beat was provided by Will Rock, Jules Cohen, Roy, and Chuck Beatson. Can't forget you, Steph LaGratto. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is Celtics underscore Beat. And you can like Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio on Facebook to keep up with the show at facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Also, Google Plus, Celtics Beat on CLNS. Love to thank our guest, Tass Mellis of NBA TV, as well as our sponsors today, Seeky, Audible, American Farmers Network. Who, along with the loyal audience of this show, they make this all possible. For our staff writer Eddie Santiago, program director Nick Gelso, and myself, the executive producer and host of Celtics Beat, I am Larry H. Russell. See you next Sunday for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Radio.